98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines, the government loses a high-profile legal battle over an independent complaints mechanism for the police and the display of police ID numbers. Foreign ministers from the Five Eyes Intelligence Grouping accuse Beijing of silencing critics in Hong Kong. And President Xi says China must rely on a growth model driven by innovation and that globalization can't be reversed. reversed. The High Court has made a landmark ruling that the complaints mechanism against the police is in breach of the Bill of Rights, which protects people from torture or cruel, inhuman or degrading treatment. It also ruled that the police are also in violation of the bill by by failing to display any unique identification numbers or marks while policing the anti-government unrest last year. Timmy Sung reports. High Court Judge Anderson Chow ruled in favor of a judicial review lost by a number of alleged victims of police violence and the Journalists Association. He ruled that under the Bureau of Rights, the government has a duty to investigate police officers suspected of committing torture or subjecting people to cruel, inhumane or degrading treatment. The investigation must be independent from those implicated, he said, and must be capable of leading to the identification and punishment of those involved. But he said the government falls short on both counts. The court said it is clear that the Internal Police Investigations Unit, the complaints against police office, is not independent of the force, being comprised of career officers. The independent watchdog, meanwhile, lacks the investigative powers it needs and has no authority to overturn Capo's findings or conclusions. As such, he said, the existing system is inadequate for the government to discharge its obligation under the Bill of Rights. The judge also found the Commissioner of Police to also have breached the bill by failing to ensure that officers accused of wrongdoing can be identified by the complainants. Officers were widely criticised during the protests for not wearing their unique identification numbers, with the force instead adopting a new mechanism where officers wore call signs that were not unique to each officer. The judge said the identification requirement stands even in times of public emergencies. Mr Justice Chow said while he's aware of police concerns over doxing, ID numbers will not directly disclose their identity, and such fears do not override the duty to permit victims of violence to identify the officer involved in wrongdoing. The IPCC chairman, Anthony Neo, has defended the current complaints against police office, saying the department had been operating independently from other units within the force and that observers from his watchdog were also stringent in their monitoring work. Mr. Neo said it would be good to have independent probes for everything in an ideal world while adding that this was not a perfect world. The Five Eyes Intelligence Sharing Group says China's imposition of new rules to disqualify elected legislators in Hong Kong appear to be part of a campaign to silence critics. In a joint statement, the United States, Britain, Australia, Canada and New Zealand called on Beijing to reverse course. Robert Kemp has more. In a statement, the five countries' foreign ministers urged the central authorities in Beijing to reconsider their actions against Hong Kong's legislature and immediately reinstate four opposition LegCo members expelled last week after the National People's Congress Standing Committee gave the SAR government new powers. The move triggered mass resignations by Hong Kong's pro-democracy opposition lawmakers. It also raised further alarm in the West about the level of Hong Kong's autonomy. Beijing denies curbing rights and freedoms in Hong Kong. The Australian Defence Force has published a report into its investigation of elite soldiers serving in Afghanistan, scrutinising 57 incidents over an 11-year period. 
The report details 23 incidents of alleged unlawful killings of 39 Afghan civilians and prisoners by 25 Special Forces personnel. Patrols are said to have acted without restraint and taken the law into their own hands. General Angus Campbell, who the head of the Defence Force, apologised for any wrongdoing in what were described as deliberate acts. Turning to the Inspector General's report, he found none of the alleged unlawful killings were described as being in the heat of battle. None were alleged to have occurred in circumstances in which the intent of the perpetrator was unclear, confused or mistaken. And every person spoken to by the inquiry thoroughly understood the law of armed conflict and the rules of engagement under which they operated. Nearly 41,000 Australians served in the NATO force in Afghanistan. 41 died. President Xi Jinping says China must rely on a growth model driven by innovation while continuing to deepen so-called supply-side reforms. In a keynote speech delivered by video at an APEC CEO forum, Mr. Xi also called for stronger policy coordination among international communities, saying globalization was irreversible and that China will not engage in decoupling. Mr. Xi made the comments ahead of a virtual summit on the future of international cooperation tomorrow. The U.S. Department of Health says two coronavirus vaccines developed by the pharmaceutical companies Pfizer and Moderna may be authorized and ready for distribution across the United States within weeks. The announcement was made by the U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar as the country passed a quarter of a million deaths from coronavirus. By the end of December, we expect to have about 40 million doses of these two vaccines available for distribution pending FDA authorization enough to vaccinate about 20 million of our most vulnerable Americans. And production, of course, would continue to ramp up after that. The top U.S. infectious diseases expert, Anthony Fauci, told the BBC health workers should get the vaccine by the end of the year. And then as we go through January, February, March, April, we hope that we get the people of the higher priority through so that by the time you get to the end of April and go into the spring, April, May, June, you can then get the bulk of the people who are not in any of those priorities. Hopefully, as we get into the second quarter of 2021, we will have those people vaccinated. New York City is temporarily closing its schools eight weeks after they reopened, fearing that a second wave of coronavirus has arrived. They'll shut from today. The BBC's Nada Taufik is in the city. New York's mayor, Bill de Blasio, for days said the city had a fight ahead to keep schools open. He warned parents to be prepared that once the city exceeded a 3% positive infection rate over seven days, students would go back to remote learning. Still, the announcement has left many scrambling for alternative arrangements. On Wednesday afternoon, Mayor de Blasio said city schools would be shut at least until Thanksgiving, but would intend to reopen as soon as possible. The World Health Organization says it aims to deploy at least 2 billion doses of vaccine in Latin America and the Caribbean by the end of next year. But Jarbas Barbosa, a spokesman for the regional body, the Pan American Health Organization, said this wouldn't be enough to cover the entire population. We know that delivering a vaccine will be challenging and costly. In fact, the latest projection from the COVAX facility from Latin America and the Caribbean estimated that vaccinating around 20% of the population will cost more than $2 billion. Veteran artist and 
Curator Oscar Ho has criticized the interim appointment of a civil servant to head up the troubled West Kowloon Arts Hub, saying arts shouldn't be run by bureaucrats. Betty Fong, the head of the Policy Innovation and Coordination Office, will replace Duncan Pescott next month until a permanent head is found in a global search. Mr. Pescott is leaving nine months early. Mr. Ho, Associate Professor of Practice in Cultural Management from the Chinese University, says it isn't a matter of experience, but of mindset. At the beginning, when we set out West Kowloon, it was very clear that we don't want there to be another government project. We want it to be run independently. And for a long time, the art community feel that art should not be run by bureaucrats, by civil servants. Because civil servants, they talk about following the rules. It's nothing to do with thinking with individual expression, things like that. Tourism sector lawmaker Yu C. Wing says a government plan to allow mainlanders to visit Hong Kong without requiring them to undergo quarantine won't give that much of a boost to local tourism. Mr. Yu says few will be attracted to the idea, as two weeks of quarantine still need to be, will still be needed on returning to the mainland. He says the idea will probably only appeal to business travelers. The honorary of the Aided Primary School Heads Association says he only learnt of a plan to close schools with respiratory tract outbreaks from the media. Zheng Yongpong said he hadn't received prior notification from officials, saying the policy was confusing. The Center for Health Protection has advised schools with outbreaks to suspend face-to-face classes for at least seven days until authorities finish testing the staff and students from the affected classes for COVID-19. Mr. Zheng said he originally only been suspending affected classes instead of whole schools. A new feature on Twitter that allows users to post messages that vanish after 24 hours is facing a backlash after people said it encouraged online harassment. The so-called fleets, which are similar to Instagram and Snapchat stories, have raised concerns because the fleeting nature of the messages means there'll be no public record of bad behavior. New research into rising winter temperatures in the Northern Hemisphere has discovered a link to increased levels of death by drowning. Scientists say that ice on frozen lakes and rivers is becoming thinner and weaker due to global warming. The BBC's Matt McGrath reports. From ice fishing to ice skating, many winter activities in countries like Canada, the US, Russia and China revolve around frozen lakes and rivers. But as the world warms, winter ice is becoming less stable, and researchers believe it poses a greater threat of accidental drowning. In the study, as temperatures approach the melting point of ice, the scientists found the number of fatalities increased fivefold. Almost half of the victims were children under nine years of age. Canada and the US had the highest numbers, with many of the deaths among indigenous communities who hunt and fish on ice-covered lakes. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 103.74 yen. The euro stands at 1 U.S. dollars and, dollar and 18 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 25 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,397. That's 148 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $67 billion. Sport, here's Adam Jung. The final four in football's UEFA Nations League is complete after wins for Italy and Belgium. They'll be joining France and Spain in next year's finals. Details from the BBC's Andy Barwell. Italy, Belgium, France and Spain 
have all completed the football's Nation League finals lineup. The final four there. France and Spain were already through, but now Italy got their place in the last four tonight thanks to a 2-0 success in Bosnia-Herzegovina through Andrea Bellotti and Domenico Berardi. Belgium secured top spot in their group. Yuri Tillemans, two goals from Romelu Lukaku and another from Kevin De Bruyne saw them win 4-2 at home to Denmark. England got a consolation victory by beating Iceland 4-0 in their final group game at Wembley. Manchester City's Phil Foden scored twice. The former England defender Matthew Upson liked what he saw from the home side. Cruise control for England here this evening. You have to say they've done a very professional job. Played well at times, moments of real skill. But on the whole, they've just generally been in control. It's, it's very difficult to tell. Iceland was so... So, so inferior to, to England and beat Iceland convincingly. It's been a, a decent evening all round. The chief of Pakistan cricket, Wasim Khan, says the confirmation of England's visit next year is a big step forward for his country. The two nations will play two T20 internationals in Karachi next October, marking England's first visit to Pakistan in 16 years. It's a huge step forward for Pakistan cricket. Let's not forget where Pakistan cricket has come from. You know, it's in many dark days, exiled since 2009 from playing within Pakistan. On the back of Sri Lanka, back of Bangladesh, back of international cricket coming back from 2015, we are very delighted to be announcing now that the England and Wales Cricket Board have confirmed that they will be sending full strength side to Pakistan. To tennis and a huge shock at the season-ending ATP Tour Finals in London. There was defeat for the world number one Novak Djokovic in his second group match. He lost 6-3, 6-3 to Daniel Medvedev, who made it two wins out of two to qualify for the semifinals. Djokovic will now have to fight it out with Alexander Zverev for a place in the last four. Zverev defeated Diego Schwartzman in three sets. And finally, in the virtual NBA draft... The Minnesota Timberwolves have used their number one pick to select Anthony Edwards from the University of Georgia. The shooting guard averaged 19 points per game in just one season with the Bulldogs. The Golden State Warriors chose the seven foot one center James Wiseman from Memphis at number two. Lamelo Ball was taken at number three by the Charlotte Hornets. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. Twin the news, our top stories once again. The government loses a high-profile legal battle over an independent complaints mechanism for the police and the display of police ID numbers. Foreign ministers from the Five Eyes intelligence grouping accuse Beijing of silencing critics in Hong Kong. And President Xi says China must rely on a growth model driven by innovation and that globalization can't be reversed. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the nineteenth of November, is today's date. Many thanks once again to James Ross sitting in for Phil for the morning brew today, and we do have a jam-packed program、uh, for you. Just after half past one, we'll be talking about modern techniques in creating visual effects in videos, and we'll be chatting with Alex Sutty, who's the founder of Digital Dog Studios. Feel free to join us on the Facebook page as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three is the page to go to. And after the two o'clock news, Sadia Osmani joins us for this week's Chinwag, and we'll be chatting about Star Trek. So if you are a fellow Trekkie, then please feel free to join us on Facebook as well. And finally, after two thirty, Andrew Dimbina.